And what really struck me from that was that not only was this audience a fan of the show, they were more like family and it really changed my appreciation for the listener. So I really took a lot of care following that to understand their value. So even though we're creating great audio, great content and putting out consistently that, that connection, I, I didn't realize how tight it was until that particular episode. So I think from my perspective, you know, that one stands out in a big way um, in, in not only the ability to, to talk about what's happening, but also at the same time, just this whole community element that goes along with, with creating podcasts and the power of audio. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the first part of my interview with Todd Cochran. My next guest is the CEO of Blueberry Podcasting and has written the book on podcasting. Well, at least the first one, Podcasting, the Do-It-Yourself Guide. He's the founder of the People's Choice Podcast Awards and the Tech Podcast Network. He's also credited with introducing the first advertisers into podcasting, GoDaddy. He was inducted into the inaugural class of the Podcast Hall of Fame in 2015. But maybe his biggest influence on podcasting is Blueberry Podcasting, and its parent company, Raw Voice, which offers a directory of more than 3.75 million shows, the number one podcasting plugin for WordPress, and much more. A United States Navy veteran who served 25 years and retired with the rank of Senior Chief Petty Officer, he lives in Quincy, Michigan, having spent the majority of the past 25 years in Honolulu, Hawaii, with his family. His name is Todd Cochran, and I think you'll agree, he knows a thing or two about podcasting. We'll discuss that, definitely, but I'm also looking forward to getting his perspective on what it takes to really make a mark in podcasting and in sound these days. I am definitely going to learn a thing or two here, and you might want to take notes too. As always, if you have questions for my guest, you're welcome to reach out through the links in the show notes. And if you have questions for me, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com where you'll find a lot of ways to get in touch. Plus, subscribing to the newsletter will let you know when the new podcasts are available. And now, here's my interview with Todd Cochran. Thank you so much for joining me today, Todd. I really appreciate it. I know that you uh, are just coming back from PodFest, right? <laughs> you had a bit of a trip home. <laughs> yeah, I kind of got stuck in airports yesterday, but it's all good. We're here. We're That's live. Good. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I want to start off the the discussion with asking you about your earliest memory of how sound moved you. I, I love to ask people this question. It just gets some really interesting stories. So maybe you have one to relate. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think uh, it really goes back to high school days when I was running track. And, uh, you know, the uh, it was Back then, ACDC was big, so like a number of ACDC songs were like my theme to get warmed up, to get motivated to uh, to get on the track and run. So I think, you know, people do probably have used music for motivation for sports for a long time. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of my earliest 
or like even cruising, you know, that's what we used to do in the eighties, right? <laughs> Cruise. And I uh, remember those days. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and playing music. So of course it was, you know, in the early days that the sound was, was largely music, it wasn't talk, that's for sure. But boy, times have changed. Yeah, they have. And and getting to that, how did you get interested in the whole podcasting thing? Because I know you've been doing that a long, long time. And there must have been some reason that it became something you really wanted to do. I, I mean, because you were right at the beginning. Yeah, you know, and it, it really goes back really along in, into the 90s. I was running an online bulletin board and you know, back days, the, and then it was a conversation via this network called Fidonet, and it would take two or three days to get a message across the country and get it back. And but it was fun; it was a way to communicate. And of course, with the introduction of the the internet and everyone getting cable modems in those early days, um, the the dial-up bulletin board thing kind of went away. So I started a a blog in two thousand two, and <laughs> uh, to be quite frank with you, uh, I I do much better spoken word than I do written word. And I uh, was a pretty horrible blogger. And, oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it uh, was one thing to uh, send little messages back and forth across the country. It was another thing to write articles. But so what ended up happening in 2004 when I heard about this space called podcasting or when it was kicking off, I was like, wow, I can talk. So really my my introduction in the podcasting was really this wanting to be able to communicate verbally, which I do much better than I do written. So for me, it was the perfect venue. And even though I do slaughter the English dictionary from time to time, uh, I, I have a great time creating content. And uh, it, it just fell, felt natural for me to to pull up a mic and, and talk. And it's kind of funny because what did I do my first two episodes of my show back in 2004 is I opened it up with ACDC, just like I would do for running. Well, of, of course. course, yeah, of course you can't do that. So those, those two episodes are, are, are long gone, but, oh no, <laughs> um, but you know, I know a lot of podcasters do music as a embed, as a kind of a get up and get rolling type of thing. And I, I think some of those, if they're done well, is a great way to introduce a show. But for me, really the introduction of podcasting was really those, those early days of the medium and being able to communicate and, and uh, get this interaction with the audience in a way that really, in my opinion, had not been possible before. Yeah, I love it. I, I remember the BBS days. I was involved in those. And I had a message board on a songwriting related uh, resource that I had for many, many years, just a message board a bullet, like that was on a website for a long, long time. So yeah, the, the graduation, I guess, of the spoken into uh, a uh, spoken, the written into a spoken medium is kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting thing. And we had a really early um radio show i guess technically internet radio do you remember live 365 are they back I do. They're, they're, yeah they're back yeah they're, yep absolutely yeah interesting so uh yeah we had one in like i think 2002 but they were really hard to produce at that time and it was far from what you would call live <laughs> yeah and, and and the bit rate was so low that the audio was ooh you know, yeah. is almost telephone quality to a certain extent. And, you know, I, I laugh because some early interviews I did, that's what we use. We use the old radio style telos, you know, you bring oh, someone yeah. in on a phone line and, uh, you know, you may have great audio stack here in the studio, but when you, when you 
dispatch someone in via telephone, you know, it just uh, it just goes downhill from there. But pretty uh, awful, yeah. It, it's 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 lucky now we have what we have. Here we are, IP to IP together and creating great content. Yeah, it's the graduation of that has been really fantastic and and making it easier and easier for people to do all the time because I got to say I am not necessarily technically minded. I don't have a fear of computer tech, but you know, this kind of thing is uh, way easier than it used to be. <laughs> yeah, a lot easier. And thank goodness it is. Yes, thank goodness. When you were first starting in 2004, that was you when you said your first episode dropped. What what are the differences between what you were doing then and and what you're doing now? I mean, the yeah. show has obviously changed a great deal. If it's even the same show, is it is it the same show that you've been doing? It is the same show. So I've I've added a couple more shows, but the base show, which I just hit episode sixteen hundred and two, which wow, you know, it makes me breathe <laughs> a little bit. Um, you know, if if you think about what was different then was there was no podcast host. So we were on our own for our media. So most of us were encoding our audio at like maybe 32K, 32K mono, or maybe some folks were even doing 24K mono just because we were paying extraordinary amounts of money for our, our media hosting. And matter of fact, I had to move a shared web host every like two or three days just to keep the show online. So, you know, even though I had this great audio path and my, really my goal is I had, I had three little ones at home, well, two and one on the way, three little ones at home. And I just had no time to do this, a lot of huge amount of editing. So my goal was to have the best audio stack. So I invested in a great microphone great preamplifier, you know, everything, you know, great mixer, great compressor, all the things you need to have as best sounding audio as you can from the get go. And then the editing was, you know, enhanced in a way in that if I did my show prep correctly, there wasn't as many ahs and ums and, you know, things that were causing uh, an editor go crazy and, and making 85 edits in a, in a 90 minute program. So, we really, I really focused on the audio quality from the beginning, even though we were, you know, uploading it 32 to 24K, but that very, very quickly changed. It went to 64K mono. And I think a lot of shows today are even doing 128K. I've seen some 256. I think that may be a little overkill for spoken word, but, you know, I think today. Over the internet, anyway. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. And now, if you know, if you're an audiophile and, you know, listen to music, well, that's not going to cut it. But mm -hmm. I think that uh, for, for podcast audio now, we're not so much worried about that bandwidth because we've all got high, well, almost everyone has high speed connections, except mm -hmm. for some folks in other countries. But for that fact alone, audio quality's improved just because of the encoding. Yeah, it's a, uh, improved a lot over the years. So mm -hmm. definitely a big improvement from 2004 to 2022. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So how important do you think good sound is, especially now? I mean, there are a lot of other ways that people can listen and places people can listen to things. I, I've, al I've always said that uh, they'll forgive you for bad video, but they won't forgive you for bad audio. Mm -hmm. um, it's... it's uh, it's like you can interpret with your eyes 
something that may not be completely right on video. You can fill in those blanks, but in audio, it's really critical that that, that master recording and that end product is as good as it can be. Now, I, I, I live on two sides of the fence. One side is I have professional production done of my company show. It's done by my production team. And then on the other side of the fence, I do two shows where there's relatively no editing. There's chopping ends. There's doing some normalization and then kicking it out. We don't have time. I don't have time to do the, the hardcore raw editing. Now, my show has grown up. The primary show has grown up with folks knowing I don't edit. But I also stream that show live. So I have to be really good. I have to be really prepared so that it's the best as it it's the best it can be to, you know, be presentable. So um, I think some folks, you know, and, and probably a lot of your audience probably says, oh, my God, I would never put something out not edited. And, and I understand that. That's fine. But I think if I have had have to have edited from the beginning, I don't think I would still be a podcaster. So I think there was a trade-off there that I was willing to give up mm -hmm. uh, in order to continue to do my show. And I think it depends on what the what the purpose of your show is. I mean, you know, lots of people like, for instance, <laughs> my show is about sound. <laughs> right. So that's really exactly it's really important to me. But you know, other people, the the message is really, really super important. And so, yeah, I mean, if it's going to keep you podcasting. And editing is mm -hmm. a royal pain in the behind, let me tell you. <laughs> but, 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 but at the same point, I will say that some folks have, I've lost some listeners over the years because I haven't edited. And the format probably made them quit more than the, than the actual audio, the audio quality because the way I did, I have done my show for years is I front load it with personal information, then I get into the content. And, I, and, and most folks say, oh, that's a big no-no. You don't do that. You should, you should get in and get them gripped in and locked in early. And um, it's my show. I do it my way. And I think that's the beauty of podcasting. So I don't think there's any right way, but I definitely go, go back to what I just said earlier is that they will, they'll forgive you for bad video, but they won't forgive you for bad audio. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio dash branding dash strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website. And I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now, back to the podcast. Going back to your show, are there any, is there a particularly memorable episode that you want to talk about? Like, is there one that really stands out in your, in your memory as being particularly good for whatever reason? <laughs> well, if, if, we, if I look at the history of the show, 
And I go back to the one that's the, that stands out the most. And I just, I talked about it the other night was my 200th episode. And it was one of those, um, it was, I was supposed to record it that evening. And sadly that afternoon, my father was killed in an automobile accident. So I'm getting ready to go home and take care of those arrangements. And I left a small audio message, just recorded real quickly, said, Hey, you know, my dad's dead, has died. And an automobile accident will celebrate episode 200 when I get back in 10 days. And the, even though that was just maybe 30 seconds, I put that out to the audience and came back to 5,000 people that, you know, had written letters of condolences. And I, and what really struck me from that was that not only was this audience a fan of the show, they were more like family and it really changed my appreciation for the listener. So I really took a lot of care following that to understand their value. So even though we're creating great audio, great content and putting out consistently that, that connection, I, I didn't realize how tight it was until that particular episode. So I think from my perspective, you know, that one stands out in a big way um, in, in not only the ability to, to talk about what's happening, but also at the same time, just this whole community element that goes along with, with creating podcasts and the power of audio. Yeah, I, I think that we often don't realize how many people are listening and paying attention. And often no one will say anything because they're just listening and it's a passive thing and they can just do it while right. they're doing other stuff. And so you don't really realize how many people are actually listening to you when you put these things out, especially when it comes to your content, because it's been going for so long. <laughs> yeah. You know, you become like an old friend that they sort of know. <laughs> but at the same point, you also don't know who's listening because mm -hmm. I had a con I had an episode where I was talking about the brand new Mac mini and it was the new Mac mini was horrible. And I was complaining about it. I said, yeah, if I could just talk to Steve Jobs and tell him what I think about this stupid thing. And, and like two weeks later, I get a phone call and it's Steve Jobs secretary said, I got Steve on the line for you. And I, I talked to Steve Jobs for 15 minutes because I, wow. because I complained <laughs> about his product and there you know there, there's a whole there's a whole series of things that happened there but in the end he sent me a macbook pro you know and it was so it was it was one of those things where again you the power of this medium is pretty incredible you just never know who's listening and then the community aspect so it's you know it's a big it, it can be very very rewarding over time definitely yeah so leading into that, why Blueberry? <laughs> because, because I mean, I, like I know, you know, you had trouble hosting yeah. previously, yeah. right? So you knew all the problems that came yeah. with that. But <laughs> what got you doing that? Well, you know, Blueberry is how it names originate. I, I always, I tease now that we couldn't afford the E's. And that's true. The E's cost about $3 million <laughs> to get the real Blueberry.com email I, I domain name. Oh, my goodness. So the... Well, trademarked, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the company actually is is called Raw Voice, and and uh, we had this mantra as Fresh Organic Media, and little did we know Raw Voice would have been the perfect name to continue with all our products and services. But we were looking for something cute, and this Fresh Organic Media led to Blueberry.com, and um, really what we did, and the reason why we started Blueberry initially was 
um, the ability to, to gain more content creators that want to do advertising with us. And then ultimately we shifted to a service business. So we're now we're a full service podcast host, but yeah, that whole evolution was kind of weird. And, you know, we had brand struggles in some of the early years, people like blueberry, blueberry, you know, they didn't know how to pronounce our name. And, um, in, and at the same time, uh, Apple was being a little aggressive with anybody using the word podcast because of the iPod. So we didn't want to call ourselves podcast something we, you know, in, in hindsight, 2020, we probably should have, but when we made the decision to launch blueberry in 2006, uh, it was just a different time. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I can imagine. So what sets blueberry apart from say some of the other, uh, podcast hosting services out there? I, I think our main difference is that we believe in podcasters building their own brand on their own dot coms. You never build a, your, a castle on rented land. You know, you you need to own the the brand, and that starts with a with some sort of .dot com or .dot fm or .dot audio or whatever it may be. But you need a place to call home. And you know, for my personal show, I call it Moonbase Alpha. It's where I want everyone to come back to, and it's not necessarily um, a place where people consume content because they still consume it on all the apps and devices and Spotify and, you know, all the hundred different places you can get a podcast. But the, uh, the website really was built for, for Google recording my audio for my audience, right for Google. And then the website is basically used for discovery and for listener, listener discovery. And uh, enough people come to the website and looking at articles on the website that they click subscribe. It keeps enough, new podcast listeners coming in for those that are sick of listing me after they, you know, cause listeners won't stay with you forever. Uh, they come and go for most shows. And, uh, so for me, it was basically almost like a lead generation platform, but instead it's a listener generation platform along with all the other stuff that can go along with it with newsletters and lead generation and funnels and anything else you so desire to put on your website. But I really believe our PowerPress plugin that works for WordPress really allows podcasters to, truly control their brand on their website. They're not building their show at, at Blueberry. They're just using our services to, uh, to help build their brand. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and certainly uh, podcasters will thank you for that because they are building their own brands. Right. That's key. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty, yeah, very important. So you also have an awards show for podcasters, right? I'm I'm trying to figure out where all the timeline figures in here, because I know that you have your original podcast that you started in 2004. There's Geek News Central. Is that like a new one or is the same one? So 2004, October of 2004, Geek News Central was the uh, primary show at geeknewscentral.com. Then okay. in 2005, I launched the podcast awards at podcastawards.com. That was done independently, okay. and I still own that independently. Matter of fact, uh, mm -hmm. the 17th annual podcast awards are going to be uh, nominations opening on July 1st. So I'm always encouraging people to get wow. registered for that. And then uh, August of 05 was when Raw Voice slash Blueberry was kind of formed. And then from there on, just a whole bunch of other stuff happened. There was a book in 05, actually in early 05 on podcasting. So, yeah, I, I was pretty busy those first couple of years. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> and then you have the new media show with Rob Greenlee, right? Yeah. So that's that. When did that start? That has been going nearly 10 years. Matter of fact, I think we've just passed the 10 year anniversary. We weren't paying too much attention to it, but 
Wow. Yeah, so it's it's a unique show where a competitor, you know, Rob works over at Libsyn and the VP over there. And, of course, I'm the founder of Blueberry. So him and I started off that show. And, you know, he talked about an audio moment. Uh, we, we started that show. It's called the Saturday Morning Tech Show. And then a few hundred episodes in, we're like, we're just talking about podcasting. You know, let's let's rebrand this thing. And we rebranded it right during the live on the show. I bought a new domain, everything. And then from came back the next week with the new media show. Uh, it's basically our kind of our tagline is you can get a Ph.D. in podcasting if you listen to the show. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's got to be a lot that the two of you together would be able to tell people because you both have your unique perspectives. And like you said, companies that do the same thing yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah and there's about really interesting i'm curious go ahead oh sorry go, go ahead uh, go there's ahead. about twenty thousand podcasters that listen to that show and a lot of industry people too that's a lot so we get a chance to kind of talk to like apple and others without them they're listening but you know sometimes they respond and but you, again you never know who's listening so I know that we're all dealing with a lot of stuff these days, so I particularly wanted to acknowledge those that have taken the time to leave honest reviews of this podcast. Skyle Renee, I think it's Renee, it's spelled R-E-N-E, so that's what I'm going to go with. I hope I got it right. Had this to say. Worth it. This podcast is so good that I just want to sit and stay in my car a little longer. Thanks, Jody. You're very welcome, Skyle. And thank you so much for taking the time to write a review. Now, back to the show. Between the two of you, I'm curious if there are um, things that each of you champion as far as podcasting is concerned. <laughs> you know, I, I think Rob is uh, more reserved. I'm kind of the outspoken one. and uh, But we both are champions of indie podcasters. We're very, very much, you know, Rob is with the, the Podcast Academy. He's a governor over there. So he's championing for indie podcasters as well. Um, the indie podcasting space makes up about 95% of the entire podcasting space. So commercial shows, uh, high-end business shows probably make up that other 5%. But the rest are really folks that are recording their show either in their bedroom, a closet, a studio. It, it really runs the gambit, but they're independent. And oftentimes they're a team of one. Maybe if they're lucky, they have a producer or, or an editor more and more podcasters are doing that. Fortunately, I think it's helping the space grow again, back to audio quality. Uh, Definitely. Five years ago, yeah. that was not the case as much, maybe seven years ago. So we've seen a, you know an in increase in that. But yeah, both of us are champions of indie podcasters. And we really are pretty outspoken about things going on in the space. So if something is happening that looks a little shady or we have concerns about, we call it out. And then, of course, we do invite people to come on and defend their position or whatever it may be. It's a very friendly show. We don't get contentious with people that come on, but uh, we're very opinionated, I guess. I love that. And yeah, I mean, as you should be, because people are going to your show for guidance, I guess, right, on this, right? right? <laughs> so are there any things that you are particularly um, worried about or uh, wanting to talk about as far as podcasting is concerned, like now? I don't think I have any worries, you know, as long as RSS, which is the medium that allows podcasts to be open. It's the medium that mm -hmm. allows podcasts to be syndicated. Uh, oftentimes people that are not in the space don't understand that podcasts are pulled, not pushed. 
So when someone creates a new episode, Apple grabs the episode, Spotify does, they do that through essentially reading that XML file that's full of stuff that makes your eyes glaze over. So they pull that data into their databases and then it's available to our listeners. So um, as long as RSS stays, stays the main distribution point, there's a platform for everyone. Uh, I think what we've seen is ladies are leading right now in, in content generation. They are, That's they absolutely are. They're creating more shows than fellas, women of color as well. The diversity in the podcasting space is what it should be versus what it was. And uh, I think now you, you, you've really seen um, underrepresented groups able to have a message and, and, and it, it really, to me, it, I would have never imagined in the early days when it was just really kind of a bunch of geeks and, and a few folks that were doing some comedy and talk that the medium would grow into what it has grown into and the diversity of content uh, runs a gamut and international growth is exploding right now in other countries with uh, non-English podcasts, basically uh, Spain, Portugal, Spanish, those are all like exploding right now. Those, those, uh, those language bases are Latin America. It's going crazy. So just to think now that anyone can have a voice and really what it does is allows people to have access to the content they want, feed their brain with good information. Just like this show, you're doing a show on, on audio design and audio. So people that are listening to the show are specifically wanting to learn more. And I think that's the way it is across all these genres of topics and podcasting. That's what's exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. A lot of the people that listen to this show are necessary are are not necessarily podcasters themselves right, yet, right. but they may be interested in finding out more about it or how to maybe have a brand for their particular company by using sound like podcasting. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time, 